Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the beautiful day we've had today and, and all the many blessings you've poured upon us. And now the awesome opportunity to get back in your word once again. Thank you oh so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word heaven, we'll turn to Matthew in chapter 18. And we see here some further lessons about the kingdom of heaven as the Lord is teaching in Matthew chapter 18, pick it right up in verse 1. At the same time came disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven." which is a point that we all need to look at. What is he really talking about here? Be as a little child. Coming in humbly. Coming in submissive. Coming in willing to be taught and guided. He's, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. Now, this is not only speaking of young people here. This is speaking of anybody who is a new believer because they come in as a child. And he gets into some offenses here, which we can clearly understand in the offenses as it is so easy to offend children, but as well the young and new believers, as he continues. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. And as I said before when we covered this, this can really be applied to the youth and how they have pulled the youth away from becoming associated with Christians and the church through different organizations, different activities, school systems, sport systems, and so forth, where they pull them out on Wednesdays, they pull them away on Sundays, have all these sports events on Sundays, and they teach the children to be adversaries, to be warring against their opponents to just destroy them, conquer them, overpower them, attitude that they're bombarding the children with, and they grow up with that adversarial attitude in their whole life. And that prevents them from having the loving kind of relationship the Lord wants us all to have. As it continues, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. That's a warning to all those that have put some kind of a stumbling block in the way of a, a newly born again Christian or a, in a child and prevented them from serving the Lord in a way the Lord wanted them to. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. 
And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. This, of course, is not talking about literally maiming yourself, mutilating yourself. No, it's talking about removing whatever that distraction is. If it is your hand, speaking of something that you do, hand or foot, something that you're participating in and causing that young one to participate in, which could clearly be applied to activities outside of the church. And then the offenses of sight. There's a lot of evil going on as far as pornography and other distractions with TikTok and other things that are on the internet and on television and the movies and just the lusts of the eyes. As he continues in verse 10, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Now see here he's specifically talking about the youth because he says these little ones. Because they had brought the little children to him. And now he's pointing out specifically. You go up against one of these little children. They're always being watched by the the angels, and it's all going to be recorded, and you are going to be held accountable. And as it says, it would be better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea than to offend one of these little ones. Verse 11, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and goeth into the mountains, and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. And that's eternal perishment. Eternal is what he's speaking of there. Not just the body, but the soul. Verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. This is talking about the interactions between the members of the kingdom of heaven the members of the church, the members of the believers. When there is a dispute, when there is a, a riff, a problem, a strife, it needs to be dealt with, it needs to be taken care of, and get some assistance from others as well as from the church to try to settle things, to make things peaceful. But if that individual is not interested in peace, then he's clearly not one of the brethren. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That's why it's so important for Christians to come together, to meet together, to have church sessions, to have gatherings and meetings, prayer meetings, and so forth, to coming together in unity and praying together in unity for a common goal. As he continues teaching in verse 21, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times, which was a tradition that was going on. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his lord commanded he be so to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their lord all that was done. Then his lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Clear and simple, we are supposed to be forgiving others. Now here he's talking brethren. Talk about believers, definitely dealing with the brothers and sisters in Christ. Because just like he gave us the sample prayer and following that over in Matthew chapter 6, where he says in verse 14, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So if you want forgiveness, you best be forgiving, is what he's teaching us there. And that is dealing in the kingdom of heaven, dealing in the group, the family of believers. The brothers and sisters in Christ need to come together. They have a squabble, they have an issue, they have a problem, they need to be forgiven, they need to work it out. And if they come to you and ask forgiveness for something they've done against you, then you must be forgiving them. If you don't forgive them, then you're not going to get forgiveness for something that you have done. 
So got to give it back. Got to be forgiving. Got to be looking after each other and always concerned for each other. That brotherly love is so important. It goes beyond the physical brothers and sisters. This is spiritual, which is even far more of an attachment, far more important to maintain properly. All right, now turn over to Matthew chapter 19, and we can see here about how we can build treasures on earth or in heaven. Which is your priority? He clearly teaches us here that the priority needs to be building treasures in heaven. We get into it here in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? See, this displays an attitude a lot of people have, that they can work their way to eternal life. They can work their way to salvation, work their way into the adoption into the family. doesn't work that way. That's not how it's done. We accept the finished work of Jesus Christ. That brings us into the family, not our own works. Because as it says in the Old Testament, our works is as filthy rags. But he continues teaching him here. And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Now this enter into life is everlasting life. He saith unto him, Which, Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Notice, he didn't tell him all of them yet. Just these. These that Jesus knew that this young man was keeping already. As he continues, the young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. See, that's where he had his focus, his intention. His main interest was what he had in treasures on this planet, in this world. That had been lifted up as his God. And the Lord's teaching here that he was lacking the first and the great commandment, and that is to love God with all your existence. Put him first. But this man had not done that. His possessions were first in his heart. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Because we cannot earn our way to heaven. By our efforts, we cannot purchase entry into the family. Can't be done. 
but by the finished work of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness from the Father, then we can. It is possible for Him to do that, not for us to do that. All right, now go on into chapter 20 here, where he goes right into some more teaching on the kingdom of heaven. Reads, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Dost not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil, because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. So what's he teaching us here? He's teaching us that coming into the kingdom of heaven, coming in is a gift, and it is given to those that receive it, that will reach out and receive it and initiate that gift, work that gift. And it doesn't matter how much you've worked it, whether it's just for a moment or whether it's for a whole lifetime, you still receive that gift of being adopted into family and having everlasting life ahead of you. These others that were moaning and complaining were not thankful for the very fact that they were receiving that awesome priceless gift. They were jealous that somebody else was receiving it and they didn't think they deserved it. But none of us really truly deserve it. We could live and work a thousand lifetimes over and never be able to earn the wondrous gift that the Lord has given us that receive that gift of salvation, everlasting life, adopted into the family of God. All right, now turn to Matthew 22 and pick it up here in verse 1, further teachings about the kingdom of heaven. 
It reads, And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready, come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not wearing a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. That was going to the Pharisees. That was going to the children of Israel that had rejected Jesus Christ. They were the ones that were first called to the wedding. They've been given the word of God. They've been given the prophets. They've been given so much of an invitation, but yet they mistreated the prophets. They killed the prophets. They scoffed and murmured and complained and and ridiculed and turned against the Lord rather than coming to Him humbly. So the invitation went out to all the world, to all mankind, to the Gentiles, to everyone, and they came in. And only those that truly were a part of it, that were truly accepting, truly receiving, and that were covered in the garment of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, will see the kingdom, will be able to go in. But those that do not have the garment, that do not have the covering of the righteousness of Jesus Christ upon them, they will not. They will be cast into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, as he says. I right, now turn over to 23, and we see some more behavior of the Pharisees concerning the kingdom of heaven in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, Ye blind guides which say, 
Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing, but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. And whoso shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them that which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? He really blasts the scribes and the Pharisees there. Because they were hypocrites. They were pretending to be a part of the kingdom of God, the group of the family of believers, but they were not. They were greedy, they were manipulative, and they were in it for their own selfish gain and their own self-desires to be fulfilled. Lustful desires to be praised, to be lifted up as something powerful and awesome, to be looked at as someone righteous, but yet they were not. And it would lead others down that wrong pathway, preventing them from going on the right pathway, preventing them from entering into the kingdom of heaven. And they became even worse than them. So they created people even worse than themselves through their behaviors. And it would just multiply over and over and get worse and worse, as we see today. We must humble ourselves as little children, come to the Lord, and stay humble. We must acknowledge that it's a gift from God. It's not by our works. It's only by the grace and mercy of the Lord that we receive salvation. So don't think you can work for it and earn it. Don't think it's going to be something that you can acquire by your actions other than accepting and receiving the finished work of Jesus Christ. Then you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things that we can learn by studying your word. Help us always to stay hungry, to dig deep into there, to find that message that we need and apply it properly and encourage us to go out and share with others so more can come in and be a part of the kingdom of heaven. Thank you oh so much for it. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you.